Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman coming to you on a June 9th Thursday. L.A. Galaxy still in the international break, but your man is back. I'm here. I'm strapped in. I don't know how coherent I am. Still recovering from vacation. Um, back at work this whole week. Got back on Monday. So we're going to... I'll tell you a little about my vacation and all the fun that we had there. Um, just so you can get caught up in, in my personal life if you're interested. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the LA Galaxy. I missed the Austin game. I mean, I didn't miss it. I just wasn't there for it. I still caught a bunch of the highlights. Um, actually, I'll tell you my, my watching experiences that was going on. So we're going to do that. I got graphs. I got charts. We're going to tell you some interesting things that we see in the LA Galaxy, some things that have happened in the stadium, some other people, just interesting stuff. We're going to throw a whole bunch of stuff in there. And however long we last, we last um, because it's still an international break in the Galaxy. still about a week and a half or so away from playing games. So that's where we're at. Help me do that. He's back. He's the legend himself. Eric Portuguese Hammer Beer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. Joshua Gessman. It's actually you. You're it's, back. Um, Welcome back. Oh, man. We're alive. You're alive. You're doing well. You look good. Did you get some sun? I, Looks like you're, you're, you got a little bit of you know, sun. You know, it's that East Coast sun. And it's not like Florida. It's, it's not like Florida sun where like you would, you know, like, oh, hey, I'm out in the sun and the whole deal. I was in like swampland sun, which is, you know, D.C. and then Southern Maryland. That's like swamp sun, which is I have to get from here to there and I have to be outside and it's going to be hot and it's going to be humid. Although I will say for the most part. Not bad. Handled the nice. humidity well, and it wasn't overly hot. It was like 96, 97 one day. Just stayed inside the whole time, so I didn't really care. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so um, yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was good. I'll tell you, uh, my wife is from Southern Maryland, right? And so actually, very close to where AJ De La Garza grew up, which is an interesting thing because they ended up going to the University of Maryland. We've talked about this. My wife knows AJ from when she went to school. Um, at the University of Maryland. Uh, Omar was there whenever she was at the University. Robert Rogers was there whenever University. So, like, there's all this connection. And I actually have had them in the same room before and been like, do you get, like, because I didn't believe her. Is this real? Yeah, I was yeah. like, I didn't believe her. I'm you like, you really don't know, know AJ, <laughs> the whole deal. And so, like, it wasn't like, as soon as AJ saw her, he was like, oh, yeah, I know who you are type thing. But as soon as I said, hey, AJ, I go, this is my, this is, I think my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, this is my girlfriend. Um, she says she went to the University of Maryland with you. And he goes, oh, yeah. Like, it, like and it wasn't oh, like, no, no uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. 
Uh, it wasn't like that. It was it was just like, oh, yeah, I remember. Absolutely. Okay. The whole deal. So it was like, OK, Fair cool. Enough. So and I was like, oh, that's nice. The whole deal. Now, AJ's been with his like wife for, for like a very long time, all the way through college and all that stuff. So I wasn't worried. Wasn't worried about that. You yeah. know, well, AJ, it's a family man. He's yeah. got an awesome that's thing right. going. So. That's right. Yeah. No, God, no. God bless AJ. All good. So anyway, so we're down there. We stayed at, I call it a beach house. Now, there was neither a beach nor was it on an ocean. Um, it was on a river and the, the, the Potomac River then goes into a bay, right? I mean, people don't think about this. All. When us West Coasters, we think of rivers and we're like, it's a river. Oh, like, well, it, yeah, trust yeah. me, as uh, the, the Southern California moved to Texas, it's like, yeah, let's go to the beach. You mean like the lake where there's like mud and right. a swamp? Yeah, that's not a beach. That's not, <laughs> you're technically looking at water, but yeah, we're, we're talking about apples and oranges right, uh, but I like the whole deal i was like well we'll call it the beach house but i am very well aware there is neither a beach nor is there like an ocean for it to be a beach house like there's nothing there that i could say is a beach house it is a river bay house um and there was rocks but, see, but that doesn't sound right no exactly yeah, and, yeah, there, and there yeah. were rocks that dropped down into uh into the, the basically the potomac right so and from where we are if you looked around the left hand bend you could see virginia on the other side of the potomac this is sort of in there so um, we were out there. There's like wild animals around like deer and stuff like that. And but I was like, it's warm. I'm going to go jump in that river. Like, I really want to jump in the Potomac and say that I was in the Potomac. Sounds cool. So I'm walking down the, the dock on like the second or third day we're there walking down the dock with my two and a half year old. Um, the dock has no like safety railings on it. Right. So I'm like death gripped on him just yeah. being like and he's like, he's like, careful, daddy, careful. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. You're fine. You're like, you're good. Let's go out on the dock and see things. So we walk out to the end of the dock. We see things. We're like, this is cool. We turn back around. We start going. And Jake goes, daddy, big snake. And I go, oh. I go, what? And he goes, big snake. And I'm like, what? And there is I'm going to say a 40 foot. It probably wasn't 40 feet. It was at yeah, least okay. six feet long um, <laughs> snakes slim, swimming in the water underneath yeah, the dock those, those water snakes they're out right now it's it's snake season here in texas as well all the neighbors are posting about yeah that we have a, like a snake wrangler in our section of the neighborhood and she like gave out her phone number she's like if you get a snake like don't kill it call me i'll relocate it so yeah it's it's snake season so enjoy hope you had a good time no eric no is the answer to that. I was like, let's burn this place down. Um, and I'm never going in that water ever. I don't care how far away. And everybody, by the way, like my sister-in-law was there. My brother-in-law was there. And they're like, oh, looking at it. They're like, man, that's a big snake. Let's figure out what it is. And they're like, oh, it's this and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's highly venomous. I'm like, yeah, not getting in. It's never happening. Although I did look up later. I'm pretty sure it was a common water snake, which gets up yeah. to those bigs and all this. Stuff. It wouldn't have killed you if it bit you. It probably would have hurt the whole thing. But I'm never, ever, ever getting in the Potomac River ever again, just in case. Just in case. Fair, I just, you know what? More power to you. Not going to happen. So anyway, Respect. that was fun. I made it up to Washington, D.C., which was um, which was uh, interesting and fun. Haven't been up there since the pandemic and the whole deal. I ran into to Charles Bohm up there. If you know, Charles Bohm covers a lot of MLS. Um, and of, of Twitter fame. Of Twitter. Yeah. Charlie is, <laughs> is amazing. Uh, and I had uh, a drink with him and his wife. It was absolutely one of the highlights of the thing, because I'm here to tell you when you have kids, Eric, and you know this, but especially when you have like a two and a half year old and then I have my 10, almost 11 year old. When you have a two and a half year old going on a vacation is not a vacation. It is a work trip. And so we were work tripping it and I was exhausted. I got back on Monday and I, I don't think I've ever been that tired in my entire life. It was it was absolutely drained. Nothing left in the tank. Got back at 730 and I'm still recovering as we go. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can very much relate to that because, as, as you know, I work in education and the school year is kind of wrapped up and the kids are home for the summer. And, you know, I'm kind of doing a shift in my my work roles. And I said, you know what, I'm going to be home for the summer and the kids are going to be off. I'm going to stay home. You know, I'm not going to sign them up for as many summer camps. Like we're going to do this. And then I'm home for a couple of weeks. I'm like, 
Why did I not sign them up for summer, summer camps? Camp? Can, can we still get them in some summer <laughs> yeah, camps? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let, let me make some calls. Let me get get some things going. So, yeah, I, I absolutely am a fan of uh, you need a vacation from the vacation. So, oh. uh, yeah. Um, I, I, you have to go back to work so you can relax from your vacation. Yeah, I, I would also like to point out that uh, just today, as I was sitting at my desk, my phone notified me that, that I was exposed to COVID at some point in D.C. as well. I got one of those, and I'm like, yeah, no surprise. I was with like a bazillion people, and I'm like, where was that? It could have been anywhere I was at. Um, so there were a lot of people, which was good. I'm glad people were out. I'm glad people were enjoying D.C. Uh, the smartest thing we did, and I'll give this tip if you have young children, um, pay an extreme amount of money, like more than you think is probably worth it, to get a private SUV tour of Washington, D.C., because we hit all the major monuments without having to walk a whole bunch. Uh, oh, smart. And get especially with a small child. Especially yeah. with a small child. That's and got like win. dropped yeah. at the bottom of all those monuments and went up into them. And like you could be like, here, they, they drop you off, and you're like, just walk 10 feet that way, and you're there. And it's one of those. So um, do that. And it was four hours, got to see everything, and so it was a lot of fun. So nice. All right. Uh, that's good. I, I like it already in the uh, in the chat room. Somebody goes, I got emailed by Adam Serrano today, which I thought was uh, was humorous as well. Yep. Yep. That's how you know it's an international break, by the way. Right. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, what, what do we. Yeah. Are we really going to talk uh, CONCACAF Nations League? Really go into the, the, the ins and outs. To, to which I will say there are some people, the, the diehard LA Galaxy fans are probably bored out yes. of their minds during the international break. But if you're a fan of you know, Nations League, UEFA Nations League has been the ma- the matches have been great. Really, some high drama going in there, and I'm not just saying that because Portugal's at the top of their group. But you know, I- I'm a fan of the Nations League format and uh-huh. kind of the 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 competitive friendlies, if you want to call them that. And you know, so I- I've enjoyed the international break. You know, what what's what's the saying? Distance makes the heart grow fonder. So now we're just that much more ready for our beloved G's to come back and uh, we can stop filibustering <laughs> yeah. with the emails and, and the, <laughs> right. and the claims, like, I guess. It's yeah. like we have a real con. By the way, they put out a, uh, a video with Jonathan Bond today, which I thought was great. And he was talking about how he learned Spanish and in, in the, sort of in Madrid and he's, he has family in Madrid, uh, I guess, in, in Spain. And so he sort of has the Spain Spanish going on and he came here and he was like, oh man, do I have to like change my accent because I do the Spain Spanish and it's yeah. like, it's not the same as like, you know, the, the Southern California Spanish, you know, it's more like, he's like, it's more laid back. I thought it was just really interesting to hear him uh, say one that that Los Angeles is really he feels like he's at home here and I've always yeah. felt that well, you've all, did you ever feel when you look at Jonathan Bond that he wasn't comfortable here it's and I, I don't know what it is because we've seen players come in and it's funny I watched that video and he said from you know his first match you know the first competitive match he felt the support even though he said he felt like he felt like he hadn't earned it and then he feels like he's earned it now which I think I think he has but there was something about you know, where he was coming from and his backstory with, you know, you know, coming his mother from Seattle and just kind of, you know, waiting in the wings and needing an opportunity to be a number one. He just already had like the fans wrapped around their finger. And I, <laughs> the elephant in the room, uh, you know, the years of abuse of David Bingham, we were ready for anybody to go, <laughs> to walk through those doors and rescue us. So, uh. you know, the bar was pretty low for, for Bond to come in. And then he came in and, and had an outstanding, you know, showing and really, you know, earned that respect from the fans and has been a fan favorite ever since. So I think the fans were wanting that change. And so they were wanting to give that love and his backstory and his kind of personality. Just it, it, it was a perfect 
uh, you know, perfect symphony of things to happen what, what, to, to go right. What, and people are still clamoring, by the way. We talked to Bondi a while ago, and Jonathan told me that basically he was expecting that his kits would be released in May, June. So we're in June. Um, so there should be bond kits. I doubt you're going to get stars on it. Like there's stars a whole or patches or patches like that. Let's not get, I don't want to get into it again. I doubt that's going to happen, but you should be able to get something that says Jonathan bond on it with his number in the goalkeeping kit, which by yeah. the way, um, it, it, when was the last time you remember somebody like galaxy fans clamoring for a goalkeeper Jersey, like Jaime Pinedo? Even then, I don't think it was a thing. I, I think it, I do remember fans wanting, the kit because of how it looked the adidas kit but i don't remember fans wanting like a personalized you know goalkeeper kit this is the first time in recent because even when you know pinedo was was on fire i don't remember like people clamoring for kits and maybe that's just kind of kit culture and how it's changed right. in the last decade and kind of elevated uh you know but i think the look of the kit plus the way bond's performing and being a fan favorite i think it's all, again another perfect marriage of things where you know we want those kits we want we want to represent not just the players, you know, like Chicharito and uh, and uh, and you know uh, Julian Araujo is another popular one that, that players wanted to get that personalization. Right. They want that Bond kit as well, and you're not going to put a Bond number set on, you know, people, a home or away people jersey. Have, people have, people I've seen do. them. People do, uh, yeah. but it just doesn't feel right. No, and so I agree. The, the thing, the only thing that concerns me is there's quite a few colors to the the mls goalkeeper kits mm-hmm. so i would be concerned if they're only like I, i've seen the black one the on black the ones MLS. out there yep so but i think like the green one and the blue one those are the ones that look sharp I'm yes. a, obviously i'm a fan of the bright colors yes uh so i hope that they have the full complement of goalkeeper kits not just not just one color yeah it was uh i i can i can understand it yeah so anyway so i, I thought that was good that was good good content for sort of the off week that type of thing i have some things i'm working on uh hopefully this weekend or this next week while everybody's still sort of in down mode, but also they're gearing up for obviously for, for the game against Portland coming up next week at the end of next week. Um, so everything's starting to sort of pick back up and, and do that thing, do the stuff. I, I like how I go on vacation. Everybody should have like forgot that I was forced into saying a word I didn't want to say. Um, and then <laughs> I already get a $2 super chat in here right trying, to, trying to make me say it again. Uh, so, so Golasso did I, was it's not bad, not bad, not bad. Okay. Not well, bad. And it's funny. Because I was listening back to you and right. Sophie, and you you guys made it sound like the word was so much worse than what it was. Like <laughs> yeah. it was a if forbidden word. I was if like, you didn't know what and you said word the word G was? word. Yeah. I was like, guys, careful, like relax. Like this isn't. You made it a big deal, and then I realized, yeah, yeah. you you did butcher Golasso pretty bad. Yeah, in, yeah. in the previous episode. Yeah, so. yeah I did. You, you, you nailed it there. Okay. So well done. That's good. You're improving. I, I don't. I'll, that's all we can ask. I don't know that if that's good or bad for the show that I got better at it, or if people enjoyed me butchering. I don't. I don't really know. I don't know what to expect. Um, that's, you know. that's also a good point. Like, do they want you to play the hits? Like, you, you know, mess it up. We really we want yeah. to see you botch it. Yeah. yeah, be the worst you can. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, that that very well could be. All right, uh, let's get to the Austin game because I, I just want to just touch on a little bit. Uh, one of the first games, the it is the first game this year. Um, and if you go back even to last year, it only happened once last year as well. But this is the first time this year the LA Galaxy conceded the first goal and then went on to win a game. And they won it convincingly, which was nice to see as well. If you add up the U.S. Open Cup win over LAFC and this win, you can say it's two of the most dominant wins the LA Galaxy have had in a very long time. Certainly in, excuse me, in league play at 4-1, one of their bigger biggest margins of victory in a very long time. Um, see that and to know that it probably should have been five to one and the galaxy probably yeah. should have scored first with Chicharito um, having the penalty kick that he missed. Don't let him take penalty. Why? Why is anybody yeah, letting think, him take penalty kicks? Well, 
I, I don't know if it was it was the panda or, or someone mentioned it. Like if that's your goal scorer, you want to you want to fluff you know inflate the numbers. You have your goal scorer take it. But at this point, he's just shown that there this is it's more between the years. Like this is a mental thing at right. this point. It's not you know ability to finish because we've seen him make harder goals than kind of the sitters and the easier ones. Uh, so I, I think you do need to assign someone different. Uh, you know, to start doing the penalties. And it can't be Sasha Kleshin because Sasha Kleshin is not going to be on the field right. as often. So you need to find who's going to be your other guy, whether it's a Delgado or an Edwards or, you know, I think even, you know, Kevin Cabral could be your guy. Man. He, he feels like he'd have the right stutter step, get him on the right. But it, the risk reward, <laughs> you, you, Cabral, who's been struggling, you could you break know, messes him. up a penalty. I think you, you could break him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Galaxy fan base will riot. So uh, I, I think they need to look at other options because penalties, for for whatever reason, he just seems to be cursed from the spot. So they need to look at other alternatives. And and this is just this is in his lifetime. He's like a fifty percent PK yeah. digger. That's not from you remember like expected goals. You get a point seven uh, whenever you take a PK. Like there's a seventy percent chance you're going to score from there. So him being at fifty percent right is is well below what the standard yeah. is. You should score 70 to 80% of your penalty kicks if you're a penalty kick taker. And most guys score much higher than that into the yeah. 90% if they're if they're really good at it. So Yeah, because I, I think I even asked at Twitter at the time, like, has there been another player who has been kind of cursed from the spot? And I think it's unfair to mention guys like Messi and Ronaldo because they take so many. Right. So, of course, they're going to have notable misses. But if you look at their percentage, I'm sure the percentage is much higher. Right. Than, than that right. so anybody from you know, England was, was, right anybody from England yeah. is cursed with penalty <laughs> kicks that's what I that's yeah. what I always so heard it, yeah so it, it, I think I can't remember who replied I should have saved it but I think someone mentioned you know someone at uh either Boca Jr I don't know if it was Batistuta or there was another one who's a prolific goal scorer but really struggled uh, from the penalty spot but it's kind of a rare thing right uh, you, those two things should go hand in hand but uh, un- unfortunately that didn't work out but you know you were mentioning the, the two game dominant performance. I, I think if you were looking over the course of a season over both competitions, the game versus LAFC was the galaxy's best game full 90 minutes. Yeah. This, this was a 30 minute explosion. So it was the best probably half right. that they had, you know, once Jovalich was subbed on, it just became a totally different game. And I'm sure you'll talk about the records that he broke, but from the beginning, they, they really struggled to put away those chances. And then eventually it was just like the, the kindling finally caught after, after that 60th minute. Uh, what the gave us another $2 super chat says, uh, choose for a penalty kick. Would you choose Chicha or Alvarez with his right foot? Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's tough. I think I, I think I take Chicha still. Uh, yeah. Um, I probably no, Al- Alvarez with a left foot. Maybe that's your answer. Alvarez with the left foot. Alvarez Except he, Alvarez. he was a sub in this game too. Yeah, so he true. wasn't out there either. Um, which by yeah. the way, probably, yeah, but still, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> he was probably a better sub. Oh, Palermo. There it is. Thank you. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, just, just interesting. I, I was watching the first half of this game, which is funny because everything happened in the second half. I was able to watch the first half of the game on my phone and I'm sort of like paying attention and I see it. I'm like, oh man, they got a penalty kick early. This is, Hey man, this is it. They're going to cruise in this game. This is finally where it hits. And then Chicha misses it ends up being zero, zero, zero at halftime. And I turned it off and then I saw that Austin scored and then I got busy. And so I didn't have time to sort of check or see anything. And all of a sudden I turn on the phone and the game has been over probably for 20 or 30 minutes. And I'm like four to one. 
what the heck happened, right? And so I went back and sort of watched the highlights and saw everything. I mean, you know, Chicharito, Jovalich, Jovalich. This was the thing. Somebody sent me a message. And I don't know if they wanted me to share this message or not, so I will I will not use their name. Uh, but somebody sent a message that says, it's pretty hard for Greg Vanny to ignore this performance from, from Jovalich, right? And there's two camps in my mind. And if you want to be the optimistic camp, and I, I am generally of this, it's that Greg Vanny has pulled all the right strings with Jovalich and has him absolutely firing exactly where he wanted him to be when he wanted him to be it. Or the pessimistic part is Greg Vanny had no idea Jovalich was this good and wasn't playing him. And now the backup quarterback is ready to explode on the scene and here it comes and the whole deal. And I don't think it matters. Um, for, for most fans, I don't think that should matter. I think you should look at where Jovalich is and how he's combining with people and how things are happening and say, you know what? The team is playing together and they play together really well whenever he's on the field in these moments when Vanny is like, this is what we want and this is how we want to play. Because whenever Jovalich comes on the field, the Galaxy are very much not a possession-based team. Yes. Right. They are very much a counter attack. We've been saying this now for two years. Yeah. The Galaxy, and you say it better than I do, so you, so you say it. I say that the Galaxy are a counterattacking team that are pretending to be a possession team. Right. So they, they they pass the ball like crazy, but that's not really their strength. Where their best is, you know, kind of waiting for the the other team to push forward and then spring the attack with Cabral, with Grandsir, you know, with, with you know, I was going to say Costa, but Costa isn't exactly, you know, tearing it up right now. But I, that's the type of player who lets loose. Chicha making his runs in the box. That's where they're dangerous. Is you know when Chicha is able to get in behind defenders and when Jovalic gets on the field. You know, he just had like I, I I mentioned it. I wish I could, you know, people would believe me because, you know, well, I, I called that Jovalich mm-hmm. was going to have a, this big of a game. I didn't expect him to have the game that he had. But I said when he came out, I said his his shorts are on fire. He's hungry. He wants something to happen. You could tell from the second he was subbed on that he was feeling that he wanted something to happen. He wanted to, you know, seize his moment. And he, and he did with the assist to, to Javier with the two goals and then the bicycle assist at the end, which I think is one of the most underrated parts right. of the performance just because he did so much. Uh, you know, he, he brings a different flavor to it. And I think you were probably getting those messages as a uh, day on can't play with mm-hmm. Chicharito, which you, you stand by that statement. But I think when you see this, they look the best when they're Javier together. and Dan were yeah. on the field together and when they were able to spring loose. Now, are they going to be able to do this against every team? We don't know, but you have to, like, we have to put this in a starting lineup at least, you know, a few times to get, to let it breathe and let it develop because it looks to be a winning combination. Do you have to put it as a starting lineup? I think at, at some point, yes, I think you, we at need some to point, Kent, but it is, Kent, it's not every, it's not every game, right? You can't just start those two every game because we've talked about where you go with that. Right. And, and also who's, who's your backup? Right. Cause then, you know, if, if one of them gets hurt, who's the other person that you put in that forward position? Cause it's pretty, pretty thin. Uh, you know, once you drop off from, from Yovelich. So now what, where do you go from there? Um, if those are your only two options. So that, that's the, the counter argument. But I think it's at some point you do need to say, okay, let's roll this lineup out and, and let's, let's, let's watch them dance. Let's see how they, they do for a full 60 to 70 minutes, as opposed to, uh, you know, just a 30 minute splash at the end. Maybe you get a two goal lead and then you can rest your guys right. and then you don't have to worry about turning it on late. Well, well, I mean, the other thing too, is that, um, you know, I, so I don't think that they need to have this as a starting lineup. I think Quite honestly, it's kind of doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. But what I would like to see more of is the LA Galaxy getting early leads and and Jovalich coming in in the 60th minute and being able to replace Chicharito or flip flop it. Let Jovalich start some games. Let Chicharito come in off the bench the last 30 minutes and let them play combined when you need to have the offense, because 
Um, it's very telling to me that the LA Galaxy have had two of their better performances against two teams that are absolutely all out attacking teams. They love yeah. to attack. They're going to come at you. They don't care who you are. They don't care how you play. They're going to try to impose their will on you, whether it's home, whether it's away or anything. We know that that's not the case for every team. And when you go against, especially some of the, this is this is the problem. They've set a bar. Right now we've seen the bar. We've seen how well they can play against LAFC. We could, that that game was the best game they played in the last two years. Absolutely. Hands down. And it may be even longer than that. However you want to look at it. Right. That was one of the best games they played. Then they go and they basically repeat a 30 minute version of that. Right. Um, in the second half against Austin, those teams play very similarly. So what's going to happen whenever they go against a team like RSL, like Houston, like well, Dallas, like Vancouver, the lower rung teams where everybody's like the galaxy need to learn how to beat these teams. Absolutely. But they play differently. We know the galaxy are good whenever they can spread people out and counter. That's what we know. Yeah. And, and that's, that's funny is because the funny part is if any team has any type of scouting report on anything, it's sitting the low block and just frustrate the galaxy because yep. they're not going to be able to, they're not going to dribble around. We've seen the galaxy try to get, too cute in the 18 yard box and try to pass too many times. They're not going to be able to break down a defense where they're dangerous is on the counter. You know, Chicha running into space, diving into a ball, Cabral, you know, just finding an open location, slide tackling in, getting a toe on the ball. That, that's where they're dangerous. So if, if you're <laughs> wanting to, you know, scout the galaxy, the, the game plan is out there. And so it, that's kind of the funny thing. It, it, teams want to impose their will and play their style, which I understand, but you also want to get points on the board. And so, if you're being pragmatic, right? You know, you know, be fluid, be be uh, be like water. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Be able to. Well, I mean, but there's also some of that. Can you see LAFC dropping into like a low block to try to play the no. LA Galaxy? I mean, <laughs> the, they the, yeah, they might win the if they do they'll it. They'll never do that. But they'll yeah. never do it, right? It's one of the. It's just like some of these things. It's it's you you look at this. So that's what we know. I don't want everybody. Listen, I think that what we have seen from the LA Galaxy in the last two games is very promising. I don't think it's indicative of how the rest of the season is going to go, but I definitely think that mentality-wise, the win over LAFC and somebody said, "Hey, if they win this game, it really could be a turning point for them." And I was like, "I just I hate that. I always feel like that's like everything hinges on this one game. It's very difficult to tell when those things happen." Um, you can say, oh, it happened and you can watch there's there's one in it to me that always rings true. And that was, I think, in 20, maybe 2012 or 2014. And it was in Colorado and the Galaxy were losing like two to nothing or something like that. And Bruce Arena came in and he was talking to Kelly Tennant at the time. And he comes in at halftime and Kelly Kelly goes up to him. Bruce, what do you think needs to change? And Bruce is just like, I don't like I'm not I don't care what your question was. He goes, I think we're going to find something out about this team tonight. We're going to find out whether this team wants to compete this year or whether they want to go home. Right. And it was like, oh, oh, Bruce just. Oh, OK. I didn't know it was that <laughs> he time. He dropped a hammer. It's time. And the, they came out and won that game like three to two or four to three, something like that. Right. They, they ended up coming out. That's easy to look at back whenever they end up winning MLS Cup or making to MLS Cup. You can go back and look at that and say, yes, that was. But you can't do that right now for this LAFC in these Austin games. And that, that also was closer to the end of the season, going back to the old adage of not peaking too soon. You, if you laid that, say, this is the turning point, you know, we're only 14 games in. We've got more than half the season left to play. You don't want to turn it on now and then burn yourself out by the time, you know, playoffs come around. You want to kind of still, right. like I mentioned, be pragmatic and still pace yourself over time and then turn on that switch when it's finally time. Where I do think it is a feather in the cap is regardless of what happens on the away trip in July, 
the Galaxy have the series. Right. And so you say, okay, yeah, well, you won. Unless, in they stadium, meet, unless they meet in the playoffs. Unless yeah. they meet in the playoffs. Mm. And, and then you can say, okay, then that's going to be the true tiebreaker. But right now it's like we have the season series. Right. It's a feather in the cap. But also it, it's almost meaningless if the Galaxy don't go on you know, to, to a U.S. Open Cup final, given the path that they have, or if they're not able to walk. If you beat LAFC in a playoff for U.S. Open Cup and you don't walk away with a trophy, then what's the point? And that's kind of my argument against LAFC who argues, well, we beat you in the playoffs. Well, yeah, but you didn't you didn't do anything about it. You, <laughs> you lost to further. Seattle the next yeah, game. Congratulations. You, went, you, went, you blew your chance at home. <laughs> right. So, okay, great. Good for you, but yeah. that doesn't really mean anything. And so that's the the other side of the sword as well. Is yes, it's it's a feather in the cap. It's a meaningful win. You always want to win that, and the players were the players were amped up for that game. Uh, but at the end, you need you need to do something after that. You need to follow through, and you need to either go away with some silverware, right, or or beat them again when it when it counts. And uh, then the MLS Cup playoffs. Uh, thank you to Raphael. Five dollars super chat says, "Welcome back, guys." Josh, here's some money for half a gallon of gas. Yeah, five dollars. By the way, uh, much <laughs> cheaper in Maryland. It was very I, as always. You know, you get out of California, gas is cheaper. How what what is it in Texas right now? Do you know? It's it's close to five. It's it's it's, it's oh, yeah. It's oh, you poor thing. Is it close <laughs> to five? Yeah, yeah, that would be but, nice. But given it's it's been a crazy jump in the you right. know, the last nine months or yeah. so. But also traveling to California, I've paid uh, I've paid five seventy nine, five eighty nine. I don't you, know if it's past you, six. I'm I'm over Carol- six yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I also have a car that takes premium. Lucky me. Uh, looking Good at times. that, look at that Rivian SUV every day. I just salivate <laughs> a little bit. Like That's should I truck, should yeah. I put some thousand dollars down? I kind of feel like I should just roll the dice a little bit. Let's see if eventually Josh hits the lottery by the time it comes fully refundable thousand dollars. I could you know maybe. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really uh, really interesting. So thanks for that five dollars from, from Raphael. Five dollars from uh, Bam Dads. Uh, we need a rumor. Anything? Uh, no, there's no rumors. We'll get there. It'll it'll come. I mean, there is something that we're going to talk about, but it's not. So I I don't want you to be excited about it yes but also a bummer because this is the the european season came to a close and so if there was going to be some rumblings and some rumors we'd be hearing it and it's, it's quiet it's coming and so that's it's coming yeah. the the transfer window hasn't opened like and it's not it's still what like 20 i think mr provino had it like it's 28 days away we still have a full month before the transfer window opens in mls which means this is the time when guys are out there shaking hands this is when mikey stevens is out there scouting you know <laughs> He's he's what there's no they games call, going on, but he's just going to watch him go into coffee, coffee shops and come back out. You know, <laughs> I was going to say they don't call him the closer Mikey Stevens for nothing. Right? Um, Do they call him that? I don't, think I, don't I don't know. But we can start it. The closer, the closer <laughs> Mikey Stevens. Um, so anyway, so he's uh, he's he's doing that. That's uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll get there eventually. All right. So stuff will stuff will absolutely happen. So um, the one thing I sort of want to bring up about uh, Dayon obviously was he made history and uh, doing what he did. Uh, he's the first sub to come in and be involved in four goals. Um, in MLS history, uh, that says something. He was Player of the Week. Duh! I didn't even have to vote for that one to happen. Yeah. No, that was that was that <laughs> was a pretty so two goals, two assists, a .83 on the XG, which is pretty awesome. I want to know what you have to do on Fop Mob to get a ten, though. Like, what else? What did Dayon do that got him minus .6? You know, during the, did he well, miss I, a pass or something? Like, you know, well, he didn't. He didn't start. But also, I think. I think it's like the 10 is hypothetical. Yeah. Like it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a 10. The limit does not exist. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, Because if if you give out a 10, then where do you go? So it's impossible. It should be impossible to get a 10. I stand by it. I I agree with him. Alvarez 8.1 as one of the top players from Fop Mob. And then Delgado 7.9. Funny thing about Mark Delgado, who has completed the most passes in MLS season. It's Mark Delgado. 
851 they have in here. I actually have updated numbers as well. Um, let's see. The LA Galaxy are one of the highest passing teams in all of Major League Soccer. As a matter of fact, they are second in pass completion to Atlanta United, and they have made more passes than any other team. All right. So um, they are they are absolutely whenever you say, hey, the LA Galaxy look like they're out there passing the ball around a lot. You are correct, sir yeah. and madam. You 100 percent nailed it. The LA Galaxy passed the ball to more than any other team in Major League Soccer, which is fun. They also had a distance number in there. I have to figure out that's actually the distance they passed it and figure out how many cities we could go to during that distance. Yes. <laughs> what's 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 the the passing tour that, that we can go on? Yeah, exactly. Like where we could go nonstop. Let's see. What is the where's the distance? Oh, total distance. One hundred twenty six thousand five hundred twenty five feet. So let's divide that by everybody who's in the in the uh, in the chat room. Five thousand two hundred eighty um, and figure out how many miles that is. Um, and then we can sort of figure out where we could, maybe we could go to Pipo Rivera. We haven't been there in a long time <laughs> from Carson to Pipo. That's actually not very far. So I, I, I don't like I don't like where we're going. We're okay. going to have them actually crunch the numbers there. All but right. going back to the the passing being the second highest passing team, mm -hmm. uh, I know what you're going to say. Hammer, you just said this is a, a counterattacking team. And here they are showing that they're a possession team. And I will say when it's the pass from Nick DePew to Derek Williams to Mark Delgado back to Nick, Nick DePew. Yeah, and, and okay, yeah, you're going to end up on the passing record sheet when that's happening. I, right. I, the, the forward passing, I think if you look at the player passing percentage, once you look into the midfielders and you start to see the drop-off and the outside backs, there's quite a drop-off on their percentages. But with the Delgados, with Williams, there's a yeah. lot of 100% pass records of them because they're so close on the chain. And those are always going to be successful passes. And there's going to be so many of them because of the resets and what they're trying to do and not necessarily being the best possession team moving forward. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I mean, listen, there are times when possession is good. Um, I thought it was really interesting reading some of the stuff that I saw, Eric, um, just on the on the backside of, of some of the comments and just what Greg Vanny, and he talked about how tired he, everybody was in this game. And he was like, listen, if you get the ball, you can rest. He's like, you know, this is this is one of the... That's true. You're not chasing. You're not chasing, right? So he goes, if you can get the ball and you're in a good position, we can rest and we need to do that. And I know you're tired and they're tired too, right? A lot of this comes into it. Remember how many games were played in a short amount of time to get to this Austin game. And quite honestly, it says a lot that the Galaxy had enough energy in these short bursts to be able to go at. And it shows really good energy management as well because yeah um and the subs were right in order to give the galaxy the boost that they needed with Jovalich coming on and doing the stuff with alvarez coming on and being you know effective there and alvarez is a sub man i'm telling there's something in my mind about like his energy management system like in his head that doesn't work when he starts like he doesn't know how much he can give whenever he starts to like to to not be you know, there's a difference when you're a starter you have to understand that you have 90 minutes of soccer that you have to play. You can't sprint every single time. You can't chase every single ball. A lot of people say you can. Um, those people don't, I, I guess, haven't played soccer a lot. Um, and, and you realize there's time to rest. You need time yeah. to do that. And I don't think I don't think Alvarez has it figured out because when he comes on as a sub, he is so much more effective and maybe it's going against tired legs, certainly part of it, but it's just the ability for him to impact a game off the bench seems like light years ahead of, of what he does whenever he's a starter. That's kind of the, the joke that we've made as well. And you see it with the under 21s in Mexico, he's scoring goals and kind of setting it on fire. But for some reason, when he's playing starting full 90 minutes, that it's not translating a hundred percent at the first team level. And so he's like, what's, what's the disconnect there? And unfortunately we've seen this a lot of times with, uh, you know, galaxy products who are kind of, we call it quadruple a players where they're not quite 
USL level, but they're also not quite MLS level. They're kind of those tweeners. And so I, I do think that for off the bench is where he's, you know, the most useful, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's still young. I don't think you make a career off of being, you know, a 15 year career of a guy who comes off the bench. I think at some point, you know, it needs to be that transition where you become the starter and you become the guy. And I think there's an analogy that when you were saying that, that I want to make, but I, I, I can't make it cause it's a family show. Cause there's something about expending all your energy all at once right. that could go very badly for you. Yes. You yes. need to take your time. Yes. You know, Yes, you know, I'll just leave it. Leave it at that. Okay. Uh, you know, pace yourself. All you know, right. You, you can't. You can't. Can't let it all out at once. By the way, everybody was pointing out that whenever I brought up the the uh, the Mark Delgado uh, chart there of who has the most passes in Major League Soccer, that it said Marky and not Mark. I just figured I would correct that person's incorrect statement um, there. By the way, they call him like Marco Delgado and all these things. We've we've talked That's, about. I've also seen that, and it's like, does his, do his parents call him Marco? Because who called him Marky? I you don't. Know? I don't. It's know. confusing. I don't know. I just, you know, it's one of those. Um, and, and Jesus in the chat room also says, um, uh, the people who I said, you know, like you can't just sprint all the time. He goes, those people, those are the same people who just hold the sprint down in FIFA all the time, which I thought was funny. I was like, <laughs> which, which, which me? Yeah. I'm like, guilty. just make them tired. Just make them tired. I don't care. I'll sub them. But one, <laughs> one more thing that, that I'll say to, to prove your point, which is the subs were the right subs, which if these are the starters, who are the subs that come in and make the difference? And I don't know who those guys are. Mm-hmm. If Dayon becomes the starter, if, you know, we have, you know, Ephra as a starter and you don't have, you know, question available right. who, who become the guys that are your game changers. And I think if you start these players, you don't have those game changers and we have the luxury of having, you know, Jovalich and Ephra as game changers off the bench. The, the other part about this to me really is, um, like, like this, this whole idea that, um, that Cabral and, and Costa and Chicharito, right? Like that they're going to play together. We realize that all of this has happened while Douglas Costa has sat out on the bench and it's been like, nobody cares, right? I mean, have you have you even for a second been like, oh, man, we've really missed well, Doug- Douglas Costa, right? Oh, wow. Well, I, ca- I caught myself saying it because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was saying, well, on the counterattack with Cabral and Grand Sur and... Oh, wait, no. no, I guess no, no, Costa hasn't there. been there no. when those counterattacks have been flying. And I know when, when uh, Sophie was on the show, she was mentioning how, you know, we were hopeful and I was, I was on that same thing. Hey, Zlatan came off knee surgery and he still did well. And, you know, let's not throw out, you know, Douglas Costa and say he's going to be total hot garbage, but he hasn't necessarily lived up to that DP tag. Although the price that we're paying is less than I thought we'd be paying him. But at the same, at the same token, when you don't have one of your designated players out there and you don't miss them, that's a problem. That's not, that's not a good, good, good place to be. Uh, it's 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 one of those it, it's just weird like when you sit there because I think and we've we've theorized about this and it happened in the LAFC game and it happened you know in the in this Austin game is that we've theorized that the best starting lineup would be with Grant Sear on one side and Cabral on the other side and, and like we wanted it to work and it didn't work sometimes and yeah. now it started to work and click and you're like that's where it is though, because that's where the counterattack lives with their speed, right? With Cabral's ability to attack with, with Grant Sears ability to attack with them to be able to throw people back on their heels and have Chicha trail in on runs and stuff like that. That's where that lives. And with Costa, you put Costa in in either one of those outside roles with, with, and it doesn't, it doesn't have the same bite. And I think that's a huge problem for the galaxy right now. And to my, once again, to ring that counterattacking bell, if you want to bang your head against the wall, Watch Kevin Cabral and Samuel Grant Sir slow down, and then you'll just see them 
dribble out of bounds, kick it into a defender, you know, trip over their own feet. When they're slowed down and trying to take a player one view, that's where it all goes wrong. Right. No, no. So where they're best is, yeah, being sprung at the space. Yeah. Get them in behind somewhere. So that way all they have is one speed and that's, you know, go, go, go. Right. It's like the old RC cars that basically it would just be like you touch it. You have a button. And it just goes and then it stops. Yeah. It goes. And that, that's those guys. Um, yeah. With, it's not the wheel where you gradually. No, yeah, no, just, no. You don't have control just, of that. It's on yeah. or off. Those are the only two things that you get uh, with those guys. So, yeah. Um, it was, uh, I think overall really interesting night, um, with Jovalich and, and being player of the week and all those fun things. So, uh, really interesting just in terms of the stats that come through all of that and how that goes. Now the galaxy get ready for a, a game against Portland. Um, that game's coming up on June 18th. So that one's the next home game in the galaxy. You have another home game a couple days later. That's on a Tuesday night. So Saturday, June 18th, Tuesday night, uh, the 21st is the LA galaxy versus Sacramento Republic. Uh, that's in the open cup. That's to advance, um, on and, you know, it's interesting. The Galaxy have only had to play one MLS team so far. And the only thing that I would say to that is, yes, they've had a quote unquote easy path, but all of those teams have beaten somebody else in order to get there. So Correct. the Galaxy should probably be playing San Jose right now, except they lost to Sacramento. Right. And it's like, which, and it's also kind of funny that they had San Jose backed up because then we did have San Jose at home and then San Jose away. Yeah. And so it's just kind of funny that it didn't work out that way. That's good. I'm glad because I get yeah. real sick of that. <laughs> By the way, there was there was somebody somebody was trying to promote like the 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 Cali Classico and they were like, these, these are can't miss games and it's the biggest rivalry in Major League Soccer. And I'm like, together. I'm going to say it. And I know there are a lot of diehards that totally disagree. You, Galaxy fans don't care about San Jose anymore. They don't. I, I mean, you want to beat them. You really do, but it's yeah. sort of like, okay, sure, we'll play you. We realize we're <laughs> your biggest rivals, so maybe we'll get up for that game. But it's yeah. not the game we're going to get up for. And if that's a problem, then it's a problem. I don't really care. I think the Galaxy get up more for games against Seattle and Real Salt Lake than they do against yeah, San Jose. They're, they're more meaningful games you know, in the standings uh, against those other, other clubs. I understand why... There are people in the fan base who see San Jose as the biggest rival because of the history there and, right. the, you know, NorCal, SoCal rivalry and why they see that as it's, the it's, biggest rivalry. It's also but, fun. But it's, it's also fun to say that whenever you don't want to give LAFC that like credit, correct. right? You're like, that's, you're, that's you're not our biggest rival. LAFC. How can you show that you hate LAFC is right. by saying that San Jose is a bigger rival and vice versa. And so it kind of it kind of works that way as well as that we don't care about you San Jose because we hate LFC or we don't care about you LAFC because we hate San Jose. So it kind of works yes. uh, on both things there. The way I look at it, I look at it like the Lakers Kings rivalry from Sacramento back in the day where, okay, yeah, it's you can call it a rivalry, but at some point it was like you have to you have to you have to dethrone the champ at some point. And so I think it's just it's over in recent years it just ha- doesn't have that same energy, especially with the introduction. Uh, of El Trafico. So I, I, I agree with you that the San Jose rivalry, it's, it's a big deal for them and it's why it's Stanford stadium, but it, it's not a big deal to us. The worst stadium, by the way, to go watch this game. I hate going to that stadium and I've been there multiple times and the press <laughs> box sucks. It is quiet. It's old. Yeah, and, it's old. Well, I mean, the, the press box is nice. I think they have like granite countertops, which makes me hate it even more. And whenever I go, it's just not fun. Um, and then they have the fireworks and blah, 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 blah. It's like the one game San Jose fans actually show up to. So it's that's yeah. why it's the game. There's um, fireworks. It's it's they, they, yeah, it's an event for them. It's an event. So anyway, so so that that game is also coming up now. There's some other news that we have to get around. And of course, uh, Eric, we missed it once again. Wango Tango um, uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park. We missed our chance. And they, they just, were there. They came out with a new new record. I mean, we could have been there. 
wow. with our five sauce LA Galaxy jerseys. I'm sure we yeah. could get that printed up, no problem. Five hey, sauce, well, right? Speaking of yeah. Adam Serrano, you know, we we invite everyone else. Let's let's get five seconds of summer to the game. Let's right. let's 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 flex our muscles here. Let's let's give the let's give these two co-hosts what they want. These old men who like between the tween bands. Yeah, five five seconds of summer. So yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, so what happens usually after Wango Tango, and what happens in international break? We get new grass at Dignity Park. Yeah. So West Coast Turf is usually the guys who are out there. So I, th- I think I always follow them just for this because I know it's coming eventually. Um, and so they were out there and they're laying new grass. Should be in relatively good shape whenever uh, whenever they come back and play against Portland. But expect it to look a little different, yeah. right? It's still it's not going to be fully 100% patched in, grown in. It should play fine. It just may not look great and this is good because this sort of lets them go for the rest of the season with this grass and this grass should should last them that long which i'll say it again don't peak too soon it's the game against portland it will look you know kind of patchy and maybe not you know fully developed on those edges and on those corners but you don't want it looking its best now you want it looking its best in september and and in october so and that's what it's going to do so again be patient it's not going to look great but that's not the point point is not to look great now it's to look great in the future so. yeah it, it'll be fine it'll be perfectly yeah. playable or, or at least it should be and we'll watch it and then we'll all complain if it's not right i mean that's how it works anyway so we go here is the other news this is sort of the one on the rumor market that people have been paying attention to and i will tell you to take a deep breath um chicharito sold his house um in los angeles now we know that this is the last year of chicharito's contract um there is an option in the la galaxy probably hold that option uh, for a third year or for a fourth year, excuse me, this is the end of the third year, right? Yeah, 2020, 2021, yes, 2022. Okay, just yep. checking. So looking at that and sort of paying attention to it, you're sitting there saying, okay, well, this is clearly a sign that he's not coming back next year. And some people have even said this is clearly a sign that he's going to be moved this summer. There was a rumor, a Greek club, AEK, right, was was Correct. was interested in Chicharito. And I think that's that the was, rumor going around. That was I, I roll my eyes very hard at that at said rumor. But that's that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I th- until Fabrizio Romano is, is on, on the case, then then we we scoff at it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Chicharito did. Now, here are things. I mean, obviously, Chicharito is going somewhere, just like Chris Klein was going somewhere when he sold his house <laughs> earlier this year, right? Is that is that what it is? Um, uh, okay. Yeah. I have thoughts, but go ahead. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to tell you all what probably happened in this, and we're going to use some things that are public knowledge or assumed public knowledge may not be totally confirmed, but we can use this to put together our story. We know Chicharito and his wife are separated. We know, I'm pretty sure she's down in, in Australia with the kids. Yes. She's in London. She's so in London now? Did she go? Chicharito spent some time during the international break in London okay. with the kids, which I think you're making the point that I was going to make is this house was a family house, mm-hmm. and he apparently is not living with his two children and ex-wife. Right. So you don't need this home. You Correct. know, I think, what did they say? 6,200 square feet. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need that. If, if you're solo or semi solo, you don't need this home. So it makes sense to sell it. Okay. So I don't know if that, is that where you're going with it? Yes. And well, not only that, but he got a million more dollars than he paid for it. The dude just made <laughs> a million right dollars like in two years and three years, he made a million dollars. So you know what I say? Congratulations on making a million dollars. That's what I say. And by the way, that is very, especially for people uh, at this wealth range like Chicharito, right? Is that you buy these things, you hold them for a little while, you invest, and then you sell, right? And you move. And he doesn't need the big house. So he can probably buy, he's probably like, you know what? He has a new chick, doesn't he? Because I've been seeing, he's, we've, I think we've seen um, some Instagram posts. There's a, um, yeah, a model. Yes. yes. And shockingly, another model. Wow. <laughs> he has a type. <laughs> But but I'll, I'll he go likes beautiful women. Wow. 
<laughs> That's, go figure. Go what, what's figure. What's all about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my, my different direction that I was going to go, obviously, this could mean he's moving on, but it also it doesn't need to be overblown like it's an automatic that he's going somewhere because it obviously could just be a downsizing. But at the end of the three years, uh, we also need to kind of be realistic on who this player is and you know whatever you're willing to pay. And I think I'm grateful that he was able to turn it around after kind of a disastrous 2020 season, find his mojo. He's still the Galaxy's number one option right. this season. Mm-hmm. But if the Galaxy decided to part ways after the season and not necessarily you know give him a blockbuster offer to come back, I think that's okay too. I'm, I'm also ready to move on from Chicharito at the end of the season. And that's uh, being a fan of his with the Jersey, you know, in the back of my, my, my study here and appreciating what he does, but it also, we have to take age into consideration and that he's not setting the world on fire. Yes. He's still scoring goals, still that number one option, but given how valuable a DP slot is and the type of player you can bring in, you know, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he was, looking for greener patchers as well. And we know he wants to get that Mexican national team call up and maybe a move to Greece or somewhere else could help him, you know, solidify that move as well. So you, you can look at as into it. It's not an automatic, this doesn't automatically go there, but I think we could also kind of be soft preparing ourselves for the goodbye eventually, you know, at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I don't think it would surprise anybody if they if they separated at the end of this year. I just don't think it's going to happen this way. Listen, the only way it happens in the summer, right? And and so as some people with their eyes, is if the LA Galaxy have something really big in mind, right? And yeah. it'd be like, you oh, don't get, yeah. oh, Cristiano Ronaldo's coming, so we need to get rid of <laughs> Chicharito. I mean, you know, it's like those types of things, right? And you're sitting there, and then Jovlich is like, I need to transfer. Like this is getting ridiculous, right? Because he's like, I'm the I'm 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 the lady in waiting right now. Chicharito yeah. is is there. He is ready to go. Or, or, or Jovalich is there. He's ready to go, right? So this is one of those things that you sort of look at. So anyway, I don't think that's happening. Uh, I think Chicharito probably stays exactly where he is uh, for the end of the summer. And I don't even think this means the end overall. It will very much, I think, depend how it, it sort of plays out down the the rest of this uh, this season. So uh, keep that in mind. Now, the LA Galaxy is still looking at that possibly that Cam, that central attacking midfielder. Um, Tony, one of our listeners. Um, He's in the chat right is now. He in the, yeah, he is there. Um <laughs> Uh, Tony was at the, uh, the, 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 what is it? The picnic at the picnic pitch at the park. Yeah. Picnic at the park or picnic or at the side, pitch, yeah. at the pitch on the side. It was for <laughs> they were there. the premium good... season ticket members. Um, and so he was able to ask Greg Vanny question about the cam and, and Greg answered truthfully. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we told you whenever Greg went in hard on the CDM again, that he has had private conversations with, with some people about a cam as well. And he realizes that he even talked about F Ryan Alvarez, not necessarily being, the, they were hoping maybe he would fit that. And basically he was pretty, I thought he was pretty blunt in the answer, which was maybe it doesn't it seem like work. he's yeah. going. Yeah. He's, I was he's also like, surprised with how, how candid he was for that response. But at the same time, we all know it. And, and Efron knows it. Yeah. We all have eyes. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. So, um, and so, it's one of those things that you look at and say, hey, you know, OK, that makes some sense. So the Galaxy looking at the midfield role, you know, the big deal here is that if you really wanted to splash a 10, it costs DP money. Right. And yes, so correct. that's where that's where all this stuff gets crazy. The real fun thing you would be trying to do this summer is trying to move Douglas Costa somewhere. That's what I would be trying to do. And you say that's crazy because he's on loan. That Basically, he, he hasn't even started his contract yet with the LA Galaxy. He's <laughs> yeah. on loan right now. Yeah, you're still doing the the, the six month loan before the, the yeah. whole year kicks in. Yeah, but, but I don't know who who would who would go after. I mean, you would think a Brazilian club, but he was just at a Brazilian club. And so, yeah, I don't I don't know. How does he like hammer? <laughs> Good <beat>? luck. <laughs> you know, I yeah, maybe that's that's the workaround. Yeah. Find the AEG 
one of the AG owners. Maybe we could send him and Russell Westbrook, speaking of the Lakers. <laughs> you know, how do we get rid of LA bad contracts? Right. You know? we, figure out a, a way to ship these I, out. I think I think um, AEG needs to start its own country somewhere and then start its own leagues in those countries. So that way they can send players to those leagues whenever they have bad contracts, like Kings contracts, <laughs> Lakers contracts, yeah. like however we can however we can figure that out. Um, that's where it needs to go. But I mean, Douglas Costa right now feels like his more so, and this is funny because if you uh, Eric go back like four weeks, go back four weeks and be like everybody's like Kevin Cabral, die Kevin Cabral, <laughs> right? I mean, like people were yeah. were coming unhinged, and right now you're like, no, the real dead weight is Douglas Costa, which we've sort of been saying, right? And it's one of those things. And listen, Cabral still needs to move forward, but he is moving forward, right? We you saw are we seeing, saw glimpses. We saw the, the only thing that's disheartening is. We saw glimpses and then there's a two week, three week break and it's like, oh, you know, where's that momentum to, to keep moving him forward? So we'll see if he can recapture some of the magic so I don't have to wait another couple months to share my Kevin Cabral memes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, just put those in your pocket. Uh, <laughs> they they were in my drafts for so long. Right. And just you're waiting. Yeah. Just waiting. I told you so. You just you were just waiting for it. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, bad timing, although also good timing. Galaxy have some injuries. Sega Cool Ball um, is the big one that everybody's still watching. Um, don't know if surgery. There's a whole bunch of stuff there on Sega. And Sega was the best defender for the LA Galaxy this so far this year. And, and I think the hint was with the Kevin Cabral goal, and I know maybe I'm reading too much into this, you know, when he lifted his shirt, you know, with, you know, for Sega, that makes you think that was much more serious than maybe we initially thought. Yeah, you know, if he's I know. Like, send, send prayers for Sega. It's like, ugh, you know, maybe, you know, he's not going to be back quickly. So, so it makes you a little nervous. So we'll see. Nick Nick Depew can fill that role. I mean, you know, again, the, we all have eyes. We've I, seen. We, we've seen, but at but the he same, did play well. He he played well in those those two games as well. You do what he, he was ready to walk off the plank. He was. Wasn't he the first player to be voted off the island? Whenever we did our live show, wasn't wasn't? I think <laughs> Sadly, he was. Yeah, yes, I think and he was. Yeah, I think he would still be the first one voted off the island if we played that game right now. But at the same time, he stepped up. He is he is he has survived some of the elimination challenges right now. He there is he is on the island. <laughs> We're not stuffing out the the torch just yet. No, no, no. He's he's still there um and so uh we'll have to see how that progresses i mean there are some weak points that's one of the weak points the galaxy have um you know i think the other one is still in the midfield with revelison i'm still not 100 percent sold on revelison and how he's playing right now and if greg gets a cdm like he wants or central attacking midfielder like i don't know what he he wants delgado to move up and if you make revelison more of a six is that more of his position we didn't think it was we thought he was more of an eight whenever we thought he was a six yeah. when he came in and then he showed himself as an eight and now but he's really a six but he's maybe he's really a six <laughs> I think, maybe i think it was just the adrenaline of the initial move he you know scored some goals and was getting involved in the offense but i think that's not who he really was but I think Delgado and him are both sixes. And I think you use that to your advantage. You you say we have these this like, you know, the Bash brothers here in the middle just to kind of boss that defensive side in the midfield. And you still need the cam, you know, to kind of be the maestro pulling the strings. I think you there's a place for both of them on the field. I think asking one of them to be the eight or to push a little bit more forward, it doesn't work because I, I don't think that's who either of them are. Right. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing to worry about. So, I mean, there there are some things that are not there now. I, I still feel good about this LA Galaxy team. Actually, I still feel good about the designated players so far showing that the, the LA Galaxy designated players have played over 70 percent of the available minutes. That sounds like that's that you're like, well, they need to play more. This is a really good number right now. I, I was going to say this is goes back to that Jonathan Bond, like David, we were starving right. to have you know, a, a decent goalkeeper. We are starving to have three designated players who could play. So even with Douglas Costa only, you know, getting 58%, that's still much better than, you know, the, the Alessandrini, you know, Giovanni Dos Santos, 
uh, you know, the, 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 the depths of despair that we were in with those players. Yeah, it's uh, it, it certainly is always a little but this is OK. It's not bad. And if you look, you know, uh, Cabral's played in every game. Javier Hernandez played in every game. Um, and so that's something to look at. Although I would like to see Cabral's minutes be Javi's minutes and Javi's minutes be Cabral's minutes just in terms of 1154 minutes for Putting Javi. him in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I kind of want to put him in that 800 minute range instead of the 12, like almost 1200 minutes that he has right now. To, to which I will say, you know, we said the drop off from Zlatan to, to Chicharito, there was a, a drop off, but he reminds me of Zlatan and that we also said that about him. Hey, let's get him off the field. Why is he going these full 90 minutes? And I think that's just how these players are built. I think Javier is the type of guy who just, he wants to be out there. He wants to make things happen. So I understand from the fan perspective and from injuries, you want to, you know, <laughs> protect him. But I, I, don't, I don't think that's, that's how he plays best. I think he's not one who comes off the bench well. I think he's one who needs to start and get a feel for the game and find a rhythm and take some time right. to find a rhythm. So I think that's just the type of player he is. So I'm I'm fine with him starting these games and he's impressed me. Uh, you know, because you know who what was it? Uh, longevity is a skill. You right. Know? Yeah. Being able to stay out there and stay, you know, relatively healthy that is a skill, and he seems to be. I'm going to knock on wood because right. the second I say that, yeah. I like, he, he seems to be he handling gets, it well this season. He yeah. gets hurt on Twitch right now. I'm sure he's, <laughs> he's streaming, so that it'll be over. He'll snap his wrist and then that'll be it. Uh, Commercial Underground says, except we have designated players this year, we don't necessarily want to play 100% of their minutes. Yeah. Not wrong. That's the, that's Not wrong. the rub. <laughs> Cabral falls into that sometimes, too. Uh, I wanted to pull back to this. This is I, I call this the record percent table, and in my mind, it, it says something. I'm never quite sure what it says. In terms of do I like this, do I not like this? But what I try to do is like the win percentage. The win percentage is something you can look along and say, you know, what percentage of the games of the LA Galaxy winning right now? And you can say, okay, about, you know, 50% of their games they're winning right now. That's not bad, by the way. If you look at, yeah. you know, um, MLS Cups, they won an MLS Cup in 2005 with 40% win percentage, which is really low, by the way. Um, and in 2011, 55.9, 2012, 47.1. In 2014, right at 50%. This is That's not bad. The numbers on those and the ones to watch is not the loss percentage because you want the loss percentage to be as low as it possibly can be. Like in 2011, it was they only lost like less than 15% of the time, right? It's the point percentage. When you're not playing your best and if you're staying around 50%, what are you doing in those other 50% of the games when you're one, either on the road or two, you're not playing your best? How is that going about? And so if you look at a year like 2014, 80% of the time, the LA Galaxy got a point or better, right? That's basically what the, the 80%, the point or better. It's not losing a game 80% of the time. And right now, if we look at 2022, we can say where it's about 64.3%. So you want to see that come up a little bit higher in terms of where you want the LA Galaxy. So if this Galaxy team is going to get better, Eric, they have to draw more games that they're not winning, right? And so it's like, win the same amount of games that you're winning, win 50% of your games, but you can't lose as many games. And I know it sounds, it's like, well, duh, that makes sense. But it really is about <laughs> you're telling the, me if we get more points, right? we play better. Yeah, yeah I'm, it's going to be better for them in the long run. It, it is. And it's like, it's one of those, but you see it, but it's a way to sort of compare those different things. I mean, 2018, by the way, the LA Galaxy got 82.4% of the time. They got a point or better. Well, they also only won 35 or 38.2% of their games. You can't have it that way. You have to get your wins. You have to do your things. Um, but I just think it's an, an interesting little note to sort of pay attention to yeah. whenever you're looking at things. Well, it's an adage you see all the time that, you know, the championship teams, the best teams find a way to get points, even when they don't play well. You see it. We saw it at the end of the English Premier League season with Manchester City going down a goal. It's like they, they, 
didn't look great. They looked like they were not having an off game, and then they were able to kind of turn it out, turn it around, and get points out of that. You saw it. Of course, I'm going to bring up Portugal against Spain. You know, Spain was dominating that game in the UEFA Nations League, and Portugal wasn't playing their best, but they still managed to eke out a goal and get a draw out of that game. And now they sit atop the group. So I think th- that's what the best teams do: is they're able to, when they they're not on their best game, is to squeak out points, and that's what you want to see from the Galaxy. Again, it seems super <laughs> obvious and easy to say. But when you've watched a team fail to do so or give up that late goal, you know, I was kind of when you're saying, you know, you have to tie more games. I was getting flashbacks to Guillermo Barra where it was either a win or a loss. There, he he had no draw in the arsenal. Right. There was yeah. no grinding it out and holding on to a point. It was just foot on the accelerator and keep going. And if we end up blowing it at the end, we end up blowing it at the end. But they did. that's that <laughs> does not a good team make. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, the other thing we've sort of been watching is points, points at home versus points away. Uh, 12 points right now at home, 11 points away for the LA Galaxy. Their away point percentage is actually um, a really good uh, points per game they're at. They're at 1.57 um, average on their away games. Uh, so a point and a half, over a point and a half on the road. Um, having said that, still early, right? But yeah. the average for the LA Galaxy, and this is through some some really good years, is 1.2. So they are significantly above that line right now. And this needs to keep up if you're going to make up for the home percentage, which has is That's... is below where it should be. Uh, 1.71 right now, and a 1.86 is the average for the LA Galaxy. And if you look at some of the MLS Cup years, let's just take uh, 2014's a horrible one, probably. No, 2014 winning their home games 2.35 points per game at home, you know, 2.18 points per game at home, 2.41 points per game at home. That's how it should be at home. And this galaxy team has struggled to do that so far. Yeah. I've even, and I don't know if that's like just being a pessimist. I've even given up on that. I just want it to be better than, you know, one and a half points. Right. I do expect the away form. Uh, you know, I think they've had some fortunate, uh, you know, some, I guess been I, I'm finding a way to not say lucky, but they found some luck on the road, and I expect that to come crashing down. And so you, I think where you do need to fix it is at home. If you can fix it at home, then then you'll be it'll work itself out on the road. I think they've earned those points now, and if that that switches towards the end, they've kind of built up that goodwill. But I do think they need to fix whatever's going on at home to exercise the demons at a uh, dignity health sports park must exercise the demons this room is clear um right now uh, galaxy 2022 through 14 games 23 points uh 2021 was two points better 2019 was two points better uh you have to go to 2011 which was 26 points 33 points in 2010 there are Overall, as still in the upper half of performances through 14 games for the LA Galaxy. That's something to sort of watch. But um, we saw a collapse in 2021, right? Mm-hmm. And so everybody's waiting. This this right yep. now, these 14 <laughs> games, it does not show the collapse yet. But it is coming. It is coming. So if the LA Galaxy don't collapse and they continue to win on the pace they were, and remember we were having a lot of these same conversations last year, look at it, look at where they are, look at yeah. where their points are. Well, yeah, if you go on a you know nine game winless streak, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna suck and- a little bit. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's it's I I don't need the fortress. I just need the lack of a collapse. Like I just I'll, I'll take a you know a, a man-made bridge. You know I don't need the great infrastructure. I just need to be able to get across here. So I just do not want to see another you know nine ten game winless streak, uh, or you know pointless streak or whatever you want to call it. Like I just just hold steady. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> just 
just do something, will you? <laughs> just do something. Um, the 17 goals now and 15 goals against uh, a plus two on the LA Galaxy. They weren't minus, but you know, scoring four goals in a in a game will certainly help you do that. And getting a plus three overall. Uh, this is the interesting one: 41.3 goals projected. That's very low for the LA Galaxy on the offensive side. So. Um, I still think that that needs to change significantly if the Galaxy are going to be a really good team. But the 36.4 goals is ridiculous. It would be like right around 20 goals better than it was last year, which is a huge deal. Um, but again, we've seen a collapse from the Sally Galaxy, and we said a lot of this stuff last year in the same sort of thing. So uh, one to keep in mind. Uh, the, the month of May, not kind to the LA Galaxy, 1.40 points per game um, through the month of May. It was their second worst month outside of March, which was a win and two losses. But this one had five game so wins book and the uh the uh, uh either side of the month so a win at the beginning of may win at the end of may in between two losses and a draw so um and this is all in league right that doesn't count yeah. for us it's Open per- Cup perfectly anything. symmetrical it is uh, in, in may so hopefully they can have, have a, a a green june three uh league games in june coming up for the la galaxy i believe that is still correct because i did that a while ago yes. so i think yeah one two and three plus yes. the u.s open cup and is then the fourth yeah, yeah and there's the u.s open cup there is the fourth um so that's the la galaxy sitting there um those four games coming up in june are the ones that you want to see but also three home games for the la galaxy you would expect the galaxy can beat sacramento republic todd Donovan will be in the building um whenever he comes down <laughs> so hopefully we get to say hi to todd whenever he's uh down in la always good to speak to mr Donovan um as the Let president Future yeah. LA Galaxy executive. Yes. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Like as soon as you know, as soon as Chris Klein sells that house and and it's it's Tom we're, Dunvin's we're, team, I'm sure. Talk about you know fan again. That seems to be the theme of the night. Is uh you know who when when are we going to get <laughs> the next piece of Jonathan Bond and then now you know yeah. with Klein gone yeah maybe Dunvin's the the one the prince in waiting here. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the outsider in the chat room gave us a $5 super chat. I don't know what this is. It, I, I got you. You got me. Okay, good. Yeah. So uh, my go man, ahead. Madam Serrano in the chat said, who'd win in a wrestling match? Lemmy or God? Oh, and that is that a trick, trick question. question. Lemmy, Lemmy is, is God. God. And I know Mr. Provino beat me to it, but I did have the answer. <laughs> That's my man, Madam Serrano. We're talking about, uh, airheads. That's you don't what know it is. Yes. I filmed yes. airheads with, uh, Brendan Fraser, Adam Sandler and, uh, uh, Steve, Steve Buscemi. Oh, all-time classic great movie I, I, yeah so we, uh madam serrano and i go back and forth the la galaxy outsider we go back and forth quite a bit on twitter talking about airheads okay the great uh cinematic feet back and forth I actually have a shirt coming in uh from city fox printing again they don't pay me or anything it's right. just a shirt they ordered if you want a, a lone rangers t-shirt which is the band uh from airheads again the lone rangers you're hearing me correct it is plural uh airheads great film if you haven't checked it out outstanding i remember i remember i i knew as soon as i said let me or god i'm like i pretty where is that from and I, I didn't know i didn't know i, I was there let me is god yep absolutely 100 percent um uh good one as we look at the uh july schedules well busy july i mean this yeah. is with july and august are are bad um which is where the collapse was last year be, and and to be fair, the LA Galaxy showed in the busiest stretch that they've had so far that they can pull out wins, right? Especially at the end mm-hmm. when everybody was tired, the LA Galaxy relied on some depth and relied they on some things. They didn't roll over, yeah. And, and they didn't roll over. So I, I feel better about that. But you also look at some of these games, you know, LA Galaxy hosting Montreal. Montreal's a good team. Uh, mm-hmm. Going at LAFC, going um, hosting San Jose at home. You know, you'll end the San Jose series relatively quickly here in about, what is that, 20-something days or 30 yeah. days or something? It, it, yeah. w- it worked for Austin. 
So we'll see if we can get the same fortune against San Jose. Uh, Colorado, um, going to Colorado, always a difficult. And it's, 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 these are all short rests, you know, July 4th, July 8th. So that's four days between that game, right? Then you have July 13th, uh, July 16th. July 24th, July 30th. So these are going to come hot and heavy. And you got Dallas in there. You got Atlanta. Um, There's some good teams, and this is going to be difficult. This is the dog days of summer. This is whenever you start to sort of figure out whether or not the LA Galaxy are good or not. And then you also see that this is going to be during the transfer window as well. So what do the LA Galaxy add? I feel like they're going to add a piece. I also feel like if they don't feel like the piece is going to fit, that they will just force something in there anyway, because that's what they always do. I was going to say for a second that they're going to wait. I think Greg Vanny would be fine waiting. Um, if they can't find the piece that they want. And I think that might might be a downfall. But at the same time, I don't... Having seen some of the decisions they've made um, and, and looking at Douglas Costa especially, uh, I don't know that you can sit there and say maybe they finally learned their lesson because they forced Douglas Costa into this and yeah. everybody's wishing he doesn't play right now. So, <laughs> Well, and again, maybe he can have a Kevin Cabral-style turnaround and he can finally get it going and stay healthy. But but also going back to you know what uh, Tony was mentioning at the picnic at the pitch or at the park, when Vanny was talking about it, it didn't seem like he was in a rush to get that cam. He said like, yeah, if it works out. But it also is a target we're looking at for next year. It seems like He's very comfortable waiting till next year to, to but, ad- address that. But he doesn't want, he knows that's public too. So it's also Correct. like, oh man, we need one so bad. I hope, <laughs> I hope nobody will take advantage of us being, we need one so bad. You know, that's Luca Modric. Are you listening? Yeah. Calling <laughs> he has some baggage and I feel like that baggage will be overlooked if perhaps he would be available. Well, right. You're, I you're mean, talking to CR seven fan number one, <laughs> I willingly looking the other direction. So yeah, okay. I hear you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Eastern conference right now, New York city is uh, tops Philadelphia right in there. Montreal, who we just mentioned the LA galaxy will host. Um, that's a very long flight for them. So that works in the LA galaxy's advantage. Other than that though, Montreal's third in the Eastern conference, New York, New York Red Bulls are very good this year. Um, New York in, in the top four, uh, both teams there, Orlando, Cincinnati, Miami, uh, Chicago, very bottom. So the galaxy, uh, was it a draw? Was that draw in Chicago or that was a draw in Chicago? Wasn't Correct. it? Correct. Yeah. The grass game. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Bad. They're still complaining about it, by the way. There was, yeah. there was something that just happened like this last week or, or the week before. So why is the grass so bad? And Mike McGee was like, there are so many reasons. Um, LAFC tops in the Western Conference didn't stop them from protesting, though. I, why don't we do a podcast where we protest? Are you ready? Here, we'll do it the same <laughs> as LAFC. Ready? Go. And we're back. All right, cool. Uh, LAFC <laughs> number one uh, up there on the uh, on the Western Conference. Dallas, Salt Lake, Austin, Galaxy in fifth, Nashville in sixth, and Houston in seventh. Right below the line is Minnesota, Colorado, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, San Jose, and Kansas City is in the bottom. Could be the end for Peter Vermees. Is it time for him to move on into a front yeah. office role? And he, that's just where he's going to stay for the for all uh, good days to happen. We'll see. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's time for him to to revisit the small screen and small soldiers. So. Well, we'll see him jump back in it. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate because SKC is always one of those teams that just was kind of, you know, the, I don't want to say the class of MLS because it's not like they have a dynasty or anything, but they were just always hanging around. So to see them at the bottom, it's kind of shocking, but it's also a good thing for the Galaxy because they're also on the other side of that U.S. Open Cup bracket. So we'd happily take them. Um, and if you look at the Sporter Shield right now, uh, LAFC, New York City, Dallas, Salt Lake, Philadelphia, Austin, Montreal, LA Galaxy. Again, the Montreal game is going to be a difficult one. Um, so keep that sort of in the back of your mind because Montreal doesn't suck like they normally suck. Um, and I'm I'm of, of the opinion right now the Eastern Conference is the better conference. I'm just I'm I, I have not been that way for multiple years now, and this is the year I'm 
I think I'm flipping the switch. The Eastern Conference might be the more difficult conference to to compete in. Um, as long, and I think it would have been a little more difficult if Charlotte didn't have to fire their coach um, because a DP says it's either him or me, and I'd be like, "Hey, Swarovski, see you later. Have a nice day." Um, but hey, yeah, that's odd. He seemed yeah, because they don't seem to be the dumpster fire that some the, the version of an MLS newcomer would be. So it seemed like he had them trending in the right direction. So that was kind of, yeah, a bizarre, a bizarre move. So, but I think NYCFC is still, they still have the same core. They're going to be tough to beat. Yep. Philadelphia is going to be tough. The Red Bulls are, are, are tough. So I, I understand uh, the argument there. So that that's totally fair. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be sun. All right. Uh, I think that does it. Let's, let's call it a day. Uh, we'll be back on Monday uh, with, with Kevin. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea what we'll talk about because it's still in the middle of freaking this break, but <laughs> well, I was going to say, we didn't know what we were going to talk about. And here we are an hour and 11 minutes later. Yeah. I got what go. we do. I got to go. Yeah. My oldest is like, this is my room. This is where I sleep when I come out here. Can you please wrap it up and, and get out? Yeah. So I think that's probably a good idea. All right. Yeah. Uh, glad I, to be back. So, yeah. Go ahead. I, I will just say my, my, <laughs> I'll extend the show even more. Yeah. Perfect. My dad paid me the best or us the best backhanded compliment. Yeah. I think it was the Jersey episode where we talked about kits all day long. He said, you guys really had absolutely nothing to talk about, but you managed to talk for 90 minutes. So I was like, is it, thank you? Maybe I don't, thank you. I, I, don't, don't, I, I mean, I you, guess. Could, yeah. you could tell we didn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> he and saw then, right through me. He was like, yeah, you, you had nothing and you still went through. I was like, thanks dad. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Hi, Eric's dad. It's good to see you. Thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. Um, no, that is nice. I, I get it. I mean, there is some talent in there. I don't know if it's talent or just the ability. It's like when you were in a group project, when you were in a group project at school and you needed the BS because you were, you're, nobody else talked for the right amount of time and you needed to fill like six extra minutes. You were like, I got this. No problems. Yeah. You know, let's recap. Uh, Webster's dictionary defines, you know, and Please don't ever do that. Uh, By the way, if you is. are doing if <laughs> if you are doing a public speaking engagement, do not start with Webster's Dictionary defines. Just stop. Everybody's heard that bit. Don't ever do it again. Yes. And I'll give this advice from elementary writing. Don't open your essay with boom or pow or like a you know the onomatopoeia like don't buzz whatever it is, crash a thud from a different room. Don't don't do that. What? Let's play that. We've seen it. Yeah. That's a thing. Kids, that's a thing. That's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> it's like the, an attention grabber. I was like, no, don't do that. Just, oh, just get man. into your report. Oh, man. I don't know, man. I, I will also say, by the way, if you are writing something, you can use but at the beginning of a sentence now. Don't don't listen to anybody who says you're not. Just look. It is. And, it is. And you could also start a sentence with and. It's absolutely. not grammatically incorrect. Yes. Absolutely. And by the way, don't put two spaces after a period anymore. We don't <laughs> need that. Please don't do it. And if your parents do it, snap their fingers. Tell them, stop it. Um, the nobody, generation. Yeah, nobody needs that anymore. We have, we, it was all monotype spacing. Now we're good. We have, re, we have letters that take up the appropriate amount of space all on their own. You don't need to. All right. I'm glad, I'm glad we closed this and, out on a strong. And suit. while we're on it, we don't need cursive anymore either. Everyone text, Get rid of it. you read. Yeah, we don't need cursive. We're good. Question point of order. Um, as a 40 year old man, am I allowed to revamp my signature that I've had my entire life up until this point? Because one, I'm doing it. And two, everybody seems to be giving me crap about it. Um, well, the the government might have an issue. They, they can. What's on your? They don't. What's care. on your driver's license? They I mean, this don't. This is voter care. fraud written all over it, Josh. 
Living they, in Texas now, we need to have these voter rights you know, fixed. You need to show that. No, uh, <laughs> I think you can. Yeah, you're you're within your rights to revamp your signature. Yeah, Go yeah. for it. And that that is the concern. It's it's not. If it's, I want to eliminate cursive, then then what are the it, what do the signatures look like moving forward? It could get pretty messy. It's not a fragrant violation of, <laughs> of any rules there or anything go. like that. We were yeah. trying. We were going to try to figure figure yeah, out a way to get that in there. Well snuck it in under the end. Uh, by the way, twenty dollars super chat from Sir Herb himself. Thank you, Herb. He's back, baby. We're, we're back. We're, we're now glad. it's official. Now we can get started. Now the international break is over. We are ready to get COG I love back it. on track. Herb is back. We're ready to roll. Feel the berm says, Herb with the stoppage time winner. <laughs> Goal. All right. Very good. Hey, everybody. Thank you. Glad to be back. Uh, should be back on a relatively normal schedule for a little while, at least. Unless I catch COVID, you know. I mean, that could happen. I'm waiting for that. I already took a test, by the way. I'm, I am See, negative. So I am. To be fair, you already, you probably already have it. I probably, it's yeah. already, you can tell just by, just by the way I was going about it that I have COVID already. We'll see. Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. All right. Uh, all right. I think that about does it. Let's, uh, let's get out of here. Eric, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at HammerEV. You can also find me on Instagram at GalaxyProfile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our written stuff right there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. Glad to be back. Back on Monday with the uh, the, the panda himself. Uh, we'll find something to talk about there. Uh, hopefully have some fun stuff planned for you for next week as well. So everything leading back to uh, the game on the 18th against Portland. We'll get you ready for that. All right. For Eric, the Portuguese hammer, I am Josh Patogesman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>